Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan on a shout-out Friday from the 214. Shout-out to my wife, Nancy, for being three months into her diagnosis with, I think it's Guillain-Barre syndrome. You remember? that's Guillain-Barre. Yeah, what uh, Travis Frederick had. And Mark Schlereth. And said, now I understand why he retired. So shout out to you and that battle, Nancy, for sure. Quick shout out to Maz fans, uh, kind of blasting Stephen A. Smith today. Him and Brian Windhorst had kind of a debate that this young kid, Shay Gilgis Alexander, is better than the old vet, Luka Doncic. And this kid could be better than that old guy, Luka Doncic. And they're pointing out, you know, that kid you're talking about is eight months <laughs> older than Luka Doncic. Whoops. And then 682, shout out to my brother. He's going through, oh, man, the separation, divorce after 16 years of marriage and five kids. Keep your head up, Kyle. Ooh. Best of luck to you. Absolutely, man. That Sounds is- like you got a great friend on your side. So absolutely. reach out to that dude as much as you can. And bro- that's his brother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, now it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to require a lot from Mike in this uh, in just a moment. Because, Mike, I did ask for a vote from the the Twitter, or X, if you will. Uh, By the way, X I haven't changed it yet, but I'm starting to. My my brain's starting to want to say X. Yeah, I've decided I'm just going to keep saying Twitter. But he said, Elon Musk said he is going to do X-Mail. So will you take Xmail over Gmail? We'll see. No, because it just feels like a bunch uh, of dongs are I never, popping up in your inbox, right? Really? Are you trying saying that because there are a lot of bots on Twitter right yeah, now? Yeah, and because you uh, call it Xmail, that feels oh, that's not true. Cool. I mean, I was AOL forever. In fact, I'm having a major issue since I've gone back to Apple because yeah. my Apple connected email is my AOL. And I can't figure out how to get it to Gmail. So that they can say you've got mail. I did I love that. Okay. Um, and yes, go ahead and text in the the meal you made, your parents made that you don't make enough for your family or whatever. Um, but Mike, <clears throat> we're dis- discussing this morning the approach. And with Wyatt Langford, this is where my focus really quest- comes in because Wyatt Langford, I have no clue how he goes up to the plate and does anything. And neither does Tim Hires, who is the hitting coach of the Texas Rangers, who obviously did a phenomenal job because they won the damn World Series. I don't know if he looked at Evan Carter and was like, Evan, I need you to do this. Or if he goes, Evan, go up there and let's watch how you do things. And then Evan Carter's like, hey, I keep the strike zone really small. And here's how here's how it works. And I wonder if Tim Hires looking at is working with Wyatt Langford. And he's like, hey, on your approach, I'm just going to, like I always say about Mike Maddox, I'm just going to let him go out there. And until he screws it up, I'm not really going to mess with him that much. And, but you broke down hitting to me in a way 
that blew my mind, and obviously it's higher level because you're thinking of it as a, from a pitcher's perspective too, but you, you it, it started with when I get up to the plate, my strike zone is the size of a fist, basically. Uh, from a hitter's perspective. Yeah, from a hitter's perspective, perspective, my strike zone is small. And for every ball, the hit, the strike zone gets smaller. For every strike, I start to expand it a little bit out, up, and down. And I just wanted, if you could, if you wouldn't mind kind of helping explain that a little bit more, because the way that I see, when I watch Evan Carter hit now, right. I'm watching his strike zone expand uh, as the count goes on, but he still forces pitchers to pitch to where he wants yeah. because of how patient he is. Specifically, I'd say Evan Carter keeps his zone small. He seems to not have a problem. And Kevin, you did point this out. I don't know if he's going to change this or not through yeah. time. He seems to not mind taking strike three, yes. too, because he's like, I wasn't probably looking for that pitch or I wasn't going to hit it hard. I'll just walk back to the to the you know dugout because he threw a good pitch and I still wasn't going to swing at that, which then means he rarely chases you know, because you feel like as a pitcher, I'll just take pitcher's perspective now, is that if I can get ahead in the count, that's why that first pitch is so important to throw strike one, because now, like Jamie Moyer was talking about, maybe I can expand a little off the plate because I just hit, let's say, the the last third of the outside corner. Well, now that hitter in his mind is going, okay, is he going to repeat that? Maybe I should look for that. And then the pitcher in the mind game of expansion and contraction of your zones and what you're looking for, you're going to try to expand and see if he'll expand even more with you. I was having a good time sitting with my father yesterday, and he was talking about Fergie Jenkins, how when you're great, also the umpire might give you a little bit of leeway. Yeah. So I throw the ball in the corner. Now I throw the ball two inches off, and I'm Ferguson Jenkins, or I'm Greg Maddox, and they're yeah. like, strike two, you know? And it just – well, sometimes it matters who you are on how the umpire calls balls and strikes. But with Wyatt Lankford, now back to yeah. the original point, is I think as a hitting coach, and then I think you've pointed this out with Mike Maddox, is you kind of let the guy do what they do. Yeah. And then from there, you work on the success or the failure from there. If there's a lot of success, you're just like, I just watch him hit. What, <laughs> yeah. what a, I don't know. He just every time he goes up there, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting home runs. I, you know, there's not really much to do here except just make sure he gets in his work and feels confident and comfortable at the plate. And I'm giving him the scouting report. This is what this pitcher likes to do. But if there's failure, I'm just going to use now Ezekiel Duran as the season went along last year and he, he started expanded his zone from the from right. the. From the get, he would swing at things that he shouldn't have been. So now you start having to try to change an approach at the plate. What are you looking – you know, that you start asking him more questions. Hey, Ezekiel or Wyatt after a while, what are you looking for on the first pitch? Are you just looking for fastballs? Are you looking for zones? You know, some guys are different. They're just looking for, I want a fastball in this area. And some guys, I don't mind if it's a fastball or a breaking ball. I just want it in this area. Yeah. I think that hitting coach probably has a decent idea of what his answer will be when you ask that probably question. Probably so, yeah. Because okay. he's watching his film and yeah. breaking him down because he wants, he's like, because in his mind, he's not going to tell him. I think this is, as a coach, I try to do this even with kids. I don't want to tell him what the answer is before I want to know what he thinks the answer is. Right. And he might get it right. I'm like, good, we're on the same page. But if we're on a different page, I'm like, ooh, okay. Then I might say, as an adult to an adult, 
oh, I see it different when I'm watching you. This is what it looks like to me, but your your mind, your thought process isn't what I'm seeing you do. Yeah, and that was when you explained that a little bit, and you used Piazza as a really good example back then uh, during the run to the World Series. And I started, that's where I kind of came up with the other part of this question is, does Tim Hires just have an overall philosophy and everybody caught kind of falls into that? Well, then you take individual players and obviously they're different. Adolis, he was going way out of the zone on a lot of times. Especially after you got hit by that pitch. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, he finds the right pitch and sends it. You know, Corey Seager goes up to the plate and Corey Seager is like, I'm going to hit the first two pitches. And if I don't hit the first two pitches... Well, I mean, I'm probably going to hit the third one, too. But he's swinging. Like, that dude's approach is, they're trying to get ahead of me. They're trying to throw strikes to me. I'm going to hit strikes, even if it's an off-speed pitch, because I have hands that are fast, and I know I have power. So he knows he can do that. To your point, the total opposite when we were kids, Julio Franco never swung at the first pitch. I think you could just, I think you could underhand it and put it on a tee. Yeah, I think about that all the time whenever, whatever your scouting report is. And I was like, I don't know. I've seen this person hit like 700 times. They don't swing at the first pitch, so you can you can do whatever you want. Throw it right down Main Street. They ain't swinging until that son of a gun Julio Franco with a runner on second <laughs> and two oh, outs. No! You throw a fastball four seamer right down the middle, and he hits a double in the gap, and you're like, I'm a dumbass. Yeah, and that's and and it's and that's where that that like that five to ten percent. So you knew like with Julio, yeah. even though he's like 49 years old when I faced him, and I I think he got a hit <laughs> off of me. Way. I think is. You knew the the scouting report was he's going to take the first pitch almost every time nobody is on base or or the runner is on first base. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. But if there's a runner in scoring position, there's a small percentage chance, like 10%, that he'll swing at the first pitch. And it would be like if you threw it down the middle, he's going to swing because there's an RBI opportunity. And so he'll be a little bit more aggressive, but still very patient. And those guys like Julio Franco, maybe Evan Carter – they could care less if they get to two strikes. They still feel confident and comfortable even in a count where they're not in oh, a favorable yeah, like count. A bell tray, yeah, for sure. And that's that's where it came to as I was watching the playoff run, 
thanks to the, what I learned from Mike, I was watching him differently. And I felt I was happier knowing that I was watching and, and trying to understand pitch, pitch sequencing yeah. from the pitcher's perspective, but also why did he not swing at that? Why did he swing at that? He was expecting certain things. So that made it a lot of fun. So this year, if you're a Tolo out there and you just kind of look at it, the batter's perspective, the Evan Carters, the the Jonah Himes, not all of them do it exactly the same. Some of them take a, a risk here and there, but the Evan Carter patience starts with, he's giving you a very small space to give him a strike to start the count. Mm -hmm. And then from there, he'll either expand it or even make it tighter for you. And now as a pitcher, you're struggling trying to get this kid out and you're trying to learn more about him and he's not giving you much. So To your point, just watching kids don't have an approach. There's swing at strikes, don't sure. swing at balls. Like, right, and, exactly. And, and it's it's it gets more defined the higher level up you get. But I watch lefties pitch in high school, and I didn't realize what an advantage I have until I'm a dad watching in the stands. Right-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers in high school, they try to pull everything. They're not used to a left-hander, and they don't realize, even though the ball is away from them and it looks like it's coming in, as long as you stay behind the ball as a pitcher, the ball will then move back to my left side away yeah. to a right-hander. It's almost impossible to pull that pitch but every hitter you see them yank that shoulder front shoulder out and then try to pull that pitch and it's like you can't do it you gotta think and this is a this is a, a basic approach for a high school kid if you're facing a left-handed pitcher you gotta think i'm hitting the ball like a hard line drive at the second baseman if you think that you have a chance to hit his two seam fastball or his fastball away if you think he's going to eventually throw a ball inside and I'm going to pull it, the problem is if he throws fastballs and change-ups and curveballs on the outer half of the plate or just a curveball down the middle, you're never going to hit the ball. You will strike out every time, but it's just really tough until you get a lot of at-bats against a left-hander to realize, dang, the ball's usually not going to move into me. It's usually going to look like that and then be away. It's going to start moving away from me in the end. And against a right-hander, Corey, because you played high school baseball, yeah. it looks like it's moving away from you, but the ball then starts fading back into the into your bat instead of away from your bat, unless it's a slider. And I, I, I was around Christmas time at Adrian's company Christmas party. There's a guy who runs a, a youth um, – baseball instructional academy out okay. there or school out there near Arlington about a mile from the stadium. Amansky? I'm going to have to go Tom? back. Tom? I don't know. I'll have to give Throw you the, the trash She's going to like it too. He he and I were hanging that's out and talking and that's that's all he could talk about was how the the way that the Rangers approached during, you know, the plate, the way that they approached their at-bats and how those are the things he's trying to teach his kids, and it takes time to grow to learn that level. Uh, but he also said as he listens, he loves the show, and he was like, Mike gives a great, like, great yeah. knowledge every single day when he starts talking baseball. To a hitting coach, they're going to have almost all of them, almost all are going to have the same basic approach, even in the major leagues, right? But then those guys, if you have good hitting coaches, they're really good at going, hey, Evan Carter, this is what you're really good at. This is what you struggle at. We'll work on our weakness, but let's not work on our weakness so much that we're trying to make that our strength. Yeah. Your strength is this. Our weakness is this. Mike Piazza's weakness was fastballs inside. And he just said, if you throw the ball on the inner part of the plate, like and you're hitting that corner, 
three times in a row inside. I'm just gonna walk back to I'm gonna walk back to the dugout. I'm be like, you struck me out. You can strike me out every time. But his bet is you're gonna miss inside for a ball. Or that ball that you want inside is going to miss more to the middle of the plate. So I'm giving you that that to make sure when you throw the ball on the outer half of the plate, I'm on you. But if you can – and he he didn't care. He's like, I don't care if everybody knows it. Everybody – I'm not stupid enough to think nobody has a scouting report on me. (laughs) I know what the scouting report is on me. I just got to be consistent. I just got to make sure that when you miss, when you miss, I'm taking it anyways. When you miss, it's inside. 1-0, One and zero oh, advantage me. Yeah. When you miss in the middle, I'm crushing. But if you can hit that kind of a third or a fourth of the plate on that inner half, Mike Piazza is like, I'm gonna lose. Yeah. But I'm but betting, I'm betting you in this it. at bat, you're gonna miss middle or you're going to try to go away, and that's where I want the ball. Kevin, last night I made chili dogs. Now growing up, Ooh. every two weeks or so we would have chili dogs, and then obviously make a Frito pie at the end. So that's a different story. But last night, I asked Lucy, I said, hey, Lucy, do you want chili dogs for dinner? Adrian does not like chili dogs. She was gone. She was doing some work last night. So I was like, I I got dinner for the kids. Lucy was like, yes. I said, Lucy, have you ever had chili dogs? She said, no, what is it? And I was like, she already said, yes, she wanted it. But then she also said, no, I don't know what it is, but what is it? And I told her, and she goes, that sounds fun. I said, okay. I told Carter, I said, I'm making chili dogs tonight. And he said, yes. And I was like, awesome. I told Avery, and he said, can you make me a salad? He ended up having to work, so he never even ate at home. He ended up going to work at his business. Everybody loved the chili dogs. I got Wolf brand chili to put on top. I got some shredded cheese to go on there, chopped up some onions. Do your kids like raw onion? They do not. They did not eat those, but I was perfectly fine with it. Got some jalapenos to go with it and some uh, dill pickle relish. I know that's the way that I rock it. And the kids loved it. And I was like, man, I need to add this back into the rotation yeah. because I, my we used to do this all the time. It was one of the great things that I loved as a kid. I just don't do it anymore because obviously there's lots of reasons. Like this morning when I Did you I woke buy up, Fritos with it? I did buy Fritos. We did Dude, Frito pie afterwards. I want you to be my dad. <laughs> Well, that's the way that that's the way that I grew up. That's what we grew up that's on. That's a was, great meal. Yeah, it was awesome. A chili dog. Yeah, and some Fritos. With all the fixins and Fritos on the side, you give me a big red, and we got a meal. Yeah, man, and it went awesome. So I think I'm going to add that again. This morning, I paid a little bit uh, for for the chili dogs. Like I don't think I I didn't do this as a kid, but now if I have a chili dog. I'm putting pickled jalapenos on there yeah. too. Did you have any pickled yes, jalapenos? I had pickled jalapenos God. last night. Hey, this guy—that's <laughs> my core dog. He. There are a lot of people who answered. By the way, ground beef with potatoes, tuna casserole, uh, fried spam and taters, oh, wow. tuna fish sandwiches with ruffles. I, I definitely remember. Go ahead. I haven't had tuna helper in forever, but I liked that as a kid. I can't remember the last time because my wife is like, there's no way I'm eating hot tuna fish and macaroni and cheese. But I'm like, it's really good. <laughs> Somebody said uh, uh, on Twitter, Wiley Potato. Uh, Colby said mom's stewed potatoes with fried salt oh, pork yeah. on the side. Uh, and then there were definitely chili dogs with sauerkraut. Some people said yeah, cheese linguine, sloppy joes. I had sloppy joes as a kid. Like like I said, every two weeks Throw we had that in the rotation, and I miss sloppy joes. They're easy to make. Yes, and they taste good too. Mm-hmm. Somebody said hot dog and baked beans. Mine was cut up bits of hot dog in ramen. 
Oh. My grandmother made that. I'm sure it cost, you know, 14 cents to make. Thought it was freaking amazing. We're the KNC masterpiece right it's here. It's called Beanie Weenies, the ones you get in the yes. with the beans. Yes, that is correct. Those are good. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.